Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros, super quick housekeeping before we get into the episode. First, I wanted to let you guys know that I am currently working on bonus content that will start uh, showing up in October. I'm excited to tell different stories about people that were involved in MLMs, uh, different true crime, folklore, uh, cold scams, and all that. I get a lot of really cool emails from you guys saying, hey, do you know the story of this person? Or have you ever heard of this person? Or even in my research, things come up. And so I've, I've wanted to do some content to tell smaller stories for bonuses. And so I thought, why not? So uh, if you're on the Patreon, expect to see those showing up pretty soon. And then for everybody else, those will be uh, in the regular rotation soon. And speaking of Patreon, I wanted to say thank you to our new members this week. So thank you so much to Lisa and thank you to Shannon Smith. I really, really appreciate the support. You guys are incredible. Thank you so, so, so much. So if you know of any stories that I should tell on the show, hit me up, send me an email, let me know, give me a little breadcrumb and uh, let me have some fun and work some magic. And hopefully one of the stories you suggest becomes a bonus episode in the future. Anyway, enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. I'm excited today. We are talking more UK MLMs. And so I would like to welcome to the show, Nick. Hey, Nick, welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yes. I am excited because right before we hit record, you sort of prattled off a list of MLMs that you had been in so we can discuss them. And one of them was something I'd never even heard of. And the shock on my face that sent you into just laughing so hard. I can't wait to get into that one because that yeah. was an eye opener. But um, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You are you. such an incredible person in my life and nobody even knows who you are. So I just wanted to, first of all, say thank you to everything that you do for the show and and how much help that you give us on on the back end um and and say thank you for that before we get into your story thank you you're yes. very welcome you're very welcome uh you are such a delight in my life so i'm happy to have you in it um let's talk about your story nick let's see where you were in your life when all of these mlms came knocking what year was it where were you at and um which was the first one Roughly 2005-ish, um, I was made redundant for about the fifth time. Uh, you know, usual story, made redundant. What do I do next? I was planning to get married. It was about a month before we were due to get married that I got my last redundancy. And then got married, went on our honeymoon and did some traveling and then found out I was pregnant. And of course, I didn't have a job by then. And in in the UK, it's sort of like, I don't know how it is in America, but when you're pregnant, there's just no point in trying to find a job because no one will hire you because you're going to be going on maternity leave in about nine months. <laughs> it's very similar here as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even try to actually find a job then my husband was like well we'll be fine I've you know my salary will cover us and this was before he actually gave up the day job so it was we were stable so it actually was after my son was born that was I was sort of like what do I do now because you know I've got this baby in my hand and 
I really have sort of lost who I am because all I was was his mum and that was it. I was just his mum. And I actually was before then, I think it was when I was pregnant still that Tupperware came knocking. Tupperware UK had been closed down for quite some while and then it started up again in 2005. And so it was around that same time that they sort of like, oh yeah well we, we're looking for people that want to come and join our team and I was like well my mum has always had Tupperware parties so yeah why not <laughs> so I joined yeah I mean it makes and sense then, right <laughs> yeah yeah I mean you know my mum's always had Tupperware parties I, I grew up with Tupperware so you know even in in the Netherlands where I was born so it was you know Tupperware really was big all over the world even before 2005 and then it was sort of that you know trying to get all these boxes and things like that over to parties and people were not keen to have parties I noticed that back in 2005 so the house parties were dwindling people just didn't want people over the floor and didn't want to organize all these parties and then all of a sudden there was this lady who was totally not agreeing with the new model that was introduced around that time and I think this this accounts for some of the other that we now know as MLMs former direct sales companies having moved over to this multi-level marketing model so it's sort of that what I understand from her was that beforehand when they were doing direct sales they had the people that were at the top had a warehouse and they were actually selling to the people underneath them so that meant that basically down the pyramid they were selling the products from higher up to down the pyramid and so she didn't have to do any work because the people under her would just automatically buy the products and of course that's part of the system that they cut out when they went into the multi-level marketing companies because they didn't want to be pyramid selling because that's where the pyramid selling comes from what they did is they cut out the warehousing aspect and she was really not happy with this new model because actually she had to go and do do work and go out and hold parties. And she was so upset about this whole system that she decided that she would ask her husband to buy up the company. And so they bought out Tupperware UK and basically closed down the business. What? <laughs> That's like the ultimate, like, like the ultimate fuck you. Yeah. So within a year, Tupperware UK was closed down again. That's wild. I know. It was absolutely mad. It was just that she was not happy with the way the new system worked and decided to just shaft everyone. So when it came to us as consultants asking for support, they just ignored us. And so we didn't have anything to to go back to. We didn't get any support from them. And when any of our customers tried to contact customer service, they weren't getting anything. So that was it. The the company just bled dry because they just weren't engaging and doing business. (laughs) Wow. So then what happened to you? I just sort of like was left to not do anything. And, And then at some point someone popped up and said oh we've got this this new product coming up this new company coming up and this is the one that you're going to really love it's called Jamie at home (laughs) you you said Jamie at home and I was like Jamie at home I'm like what the heck does Jamie at home even sell and then then I said to you it's yes Jamie Oliver the chef he used to have an MLM yeah and here's the thing I think of Jamie Oliver and I go immediately to him 
like shaming chicken nuggets, like watching him like make chicken nuggets from scratch and like grinding up bones and like food shaming in front of children and like making it. And, and then I find out he had an MLM and I'm like, what? Yep. Well, uh, <laughs> any shred of like me even having any <laughs> gone out the window, Jamie <laughs> Oliver, you are on the top of my list now. Yeah, and I think he tried to set it up in America as well and 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 failed and it sort of like then collapsed. Yeah, how so, okay, so what did Jamie at home sell? So I was lugging around cutlery, crockery, products to make to to make food. It was like Pampachev. All right. Very similar so, to temp- Pampachev, yeah. Very similar to Pampachev. All right. Uh and how long did Jamie at home last and how long did you last at Jamie at home? I probably lasted a couple, two years, maybe. And the company itself probably lasted no more than five. It was, it wasn't long lived. And I blame it in part to the fact that we also had Pampered Chef around here. And one of the things that started happening and one of the reasons why I left is when Jamie at home started copying certain Pampered Chef items that I actually had at home because I bought them from someone I knew through Tupperware. And, you know, as you do, you buy all the products when other people have parties. And, and one of the things was, the Pampered Chef chopper, you know, the, the one that they have where you tap on top of it and you chop your onions and everything else. Um, oh, yes. The slap chop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Jamie brought one out and it was flimsy as anything. And he sold it for just a pound under the price of the Pampered Chef one. And of course, that was to try and get people to buy the the Jamie at home version. <laughs> I was hand on heart. I couldn't sell some of these products because I knew the Pampered Chef equivalent and I knew they were better than the Jamie at home one. And I was like, and people were asking me, so should I get the Jamie at home one or should I get the Pampered Chef one? And I'm like, I can't honestly say hand on heart that you should get the Jamie at home one. So I felt so fake trying to sell Jamie at home stuff when I knew there was better stuff on the market. You were just too honest of a saleswoman. That's all, Nick. Yes. You're just like, uh, well, I mean, technically, no, it is not better than the other one you could get. No. And the other one is actually cheaper as well. Sorry. Yeah. I would yeah. definitely go for the other MLM that I'm not selling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But yeah. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to quit the Jamie at home business. But also I was by that time, probably about pregnant with my second child and I had problems with my hips and things I was walking on crutches so there's no way in the world that I could actually carry all those boxes with cutlery crockery pans and pots and everything else to house parties (laughs) so I chucked it in I was like I'm not doing this anymore this is just it I'm not I, I can't do this anymore so you were like so I can't do this heavy MLM I need to find an MLM that has lighter products to carry around. <laughs> well, light, yes, as in party light. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> so yeah. talk to us about party light because I've I've heard of party light. I actually had a party light candle. A friend's mom sold it and so it was sort of like around. But um we I don't think we've ever really talked about party light either on the podcast or on social media. So please introduce us to the MLM that is party light. 
Oh yes, well the candles. Well, it's it wasn't about the candles for me. It was the candles were sort of like I didn't buy the whole. These candles are better than any other candle on the market. Um, but I really liked the party light candle holders and especially the big hurricane lights. They were massively expensive. They went from anywhere from £80 up to £120. Um, and I don't know what that is in dollars, but it's expensive <laughs> for yeah. a, can- a candle holder. And the only way to get them cheaper was either to host a party and get enough orders in so you could get, as a hostess, you get them as a free gift or you get them at half price or things like that. Okay, can we talk about that half price thing right now? Because that is the biggest scammy load of crap ever. Like, (laughs) they're like, if you hit this level in a party, you get one free item and one half price item. I'm like, so I get a freebie and a coupon? Like what? No, the half price thing is bullshit. Like either I earned the whole thing or I didn't. I hated that. I hated that because then you got to look at all the things you want. You got to find the most expensive thing to get that half price or like, what's stupid. I hate it. I know it was one of those things where I was like, and and also when I, when I said in 2000 and we're now probably 2008 ish, 2005, I already started seeing parties dwindling. So people didn't want to go to parties. People didn't want to organize parties. So even when I organized a party for someone I knew in Party Light, I had maybe three people turn up and I would never hit the total amount that I needed to get my half price item or my freebie or whatever. So it was completely and utterly impossible as a hostess to actually reach these things unless you knew like a 100 people. And you actually managed to get so many people turning up. And that was one of my biggest problems as a, as as being a hostess. It's just sort of like, you know, you need to invite 100 people to get 10 people turning up. I know. It's insane, right? I yeah. had one party that I had. It was a Norwex party. And it was actually really successful. I ended up getting like all the hostess rewards. And the, the hun was like, oh, my God, that's incredible. And it was literally only because one of my friends that went was like, opening up a a studio or something and needed cleaning supplies and so she's like well I'll just buy them off from this party and spent like a thousand dollars on all brand new mops and cleaning supplies for like this business she was opening a legit business and I was like dang that is the only way I was able to even hit any of it to get anything for free yeah and the host that was having the party she was like oh my god like this is probably the biggest party I've ever had I was like well you're welcome (laughs) And I had no idea. It was literally just because someone was like, oh, well, I had to buy cleaning supplies anyway. Yeah. But then, but then, of course, the thing is, with when they do these sort of like targets that they set for, for sale for, for these party sales, because they always talk about, we don't have targets, but that's a target. You know, that's a target. Simple as that. And one of the reasons why they put that target so high is because at the end of the party, of course, you get the the consultant going in saying like, well, I'm sorry you didn't get all these freebies. But of course, if you join, you get all this for free and it only costs you this much. And it's less than what you would buy if you buy all these products on the shelf. Right. Or you're only two pieces away from hitting all of your things. I know you had more wishes on your wish list. If we just buy those two, we'll get you, you know, at full price, you'll get the full party and then you'll get this one for free and this one half off. I mean, there are so many loopholes. 
in terms of even scamming the customer to buy things they don't need to get freebies of things they don't need. Because I don't know what it is as humans and as people in society, when we see something that's free, we're like, we need it free shipping or whatever. I will spend way more than shipping would have cost to add on to an order to get free shipping. I'm like, I got free shipping. And it's like, but you spent $37 more than you would have. To save $8 on shipping. Like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I got free shipping though. Isn't that an accomplishment in and of itself? And it's the same concept in theory with these really kind of absurd party goals to hit, to then sort of guilt you into either purchasing it yourself or like you said, joining. Because what what's in the pack this month is all the things you wanted plus more for let like Yes, it's all done this way intentionally to give you, you know, this, should I go red pill or blue pill? (laughs) It's like, it doesn't matter because like it all ends up in the same place anyway. But you have the illusion of thinking you maybe have a choice about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I did join and they called me on that. And it's, you know, I did join because I could get the discount on those big hurricane items. And, you know, oh, it was 25%. But if you do parties and you get so many more parties, then you get more money off and you might have 35% off. Oh, and you can add them as hostess gifts when you have a party that doesn't make the grade, but you can order the hostess gifts for the hostess gift prices. What? Wow. So like yeah. you're even manipulating the party sales to be able to get the freebies to use later for other oh. things. Oh, yes. I was putting orders on under my mum's name, under my sister's name, under my auntie's name. Anyone who I could think of, I put orders in on, on customer just so I could get the freebies, the customer freebies. So like my mum would order a bunch of candles and I would add stuff to it just to get those for free and to get the hostess gifts for less than what they would cost me normally if I bought from the catalog. But the wow. fact that they are so cheap in the cat, that they are sell- sold at such high discounts. And even when they go into the sales, they sell things up for 70% off, 80, 90% off. And you think, hang on, if you can sell that stuff for that many, so that much dis- discount, it must cost a lot less to make these things or to buy them in, you know, and it's, it's, it's the stuff like that. And you think, actually, this is completely stupid. It's just utter nightmare. And Party Light also have the, you have to put in a 195 pound order every three months to keep your account active. Wow. So, I mean, there's so much pay to play in party light. Yeah. Intentional and sort of loopholed in where they're like, hey, this party is X amount away from getting you even more freebies that your hostess didn't qualify for. But if you pad this party, you could qualify for those hostess bonuses and just keep them for yourself for giveaways or for your own product or for back stock or whatever. No mention of, I don't really need it. I don't really have the money to buy it. It's really inconsequential and unnecessary anyway. And like, who needs an 80 pound candle holder anyway? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're like, I need these, but who... At what point were, were was anybody like, oh my God, do you know what you need, Nick? Is two gigantic hurricane lamps. That's what I, and I need to get it at the best discount possible. It's like that, even that is just like this very strange, like need in and of itself. I know. I know. I, and, and, and the fact that you, because like I said, you know, we needed to put in 195 just to activate our account. 
if I had an order for someone for say, you know, or, or even from a party that was £75, if it didn't make the 195, I had to fill that up to make 195 to actually activate my account. And I actually had to call my upline to reactivate my account if I hadn't placed an order in the last three months. I I don't understand how anybody involved in any of these that are jumping through all of these hoops could take one second, take a breath, look in the mirror and say, this is normal. This is fine because it's a circus. I I know it's, it's totally, when you step back and you look at it, you think this is absolute madness. And I, you know, and it's, you just, when you're in, and this is where the cult's thing comes from when you're in everyone's doing the same thing when you're in it's not even being in the same mlm it's when you're in mlms when you're even looking at other mlms and you're like oh they're all doing the same so it must be normal right especially people who it's like their first time in an mlm who don't really understand all the things that we talk about who are looking around going well is this normal and everyone's like well i did it too and they're like oh okay well i guess it must be normal then but it's not It's not. These behaviors are strange. And outside of the cult space, people are like, what are you doing? But inside it is so unbelievably normalized constantly. Yeah, it is absolutely. And it, and I think that's going on to the next one that I joined in uh, 2011. I joined Mary Kay. The way I got involved in that was that a friend of mine had hosted a charity event for the Eve Appeal, which was for women's uh, cancer. So it was for a good cause. And, and there was this lady in, a, in, the, in the dining room with all her makeup and things set up. And I was like, what's this brand? I've never heard of Mary Kay. Most people, in U- when you go in the UK and you say Mary Kay, they go, Mary who? So people don't know about Mary Kay. And then you say, oh, well, in America, it's really big. It's like saying Coca-Cola and McDonald's because everyone knows about Mary Kay. And they're in the UK as well. So that was the line that that they were feeding us about, you know, being a normal big brand because that's making it legit, right? Because you compare it to McDonald's and Coca-Cola. So it must be a big brand. Absolutely. And I feel like if you ask anybody who was, you know, around and cognizant in the 80s and 90s in the United States, do you know what Mary Kay is? Every single person would be like, yeah, the pink Cadillac, right? Like everybody would know that it's like a makeup, pyramid schemey, scammy, pink Cadillac-y kind of thing that their aunt did. But in the UK, because Mary Kay, I think is from Texas, but in the UK, it's like, it's it's not it's a, it's an american brand so there's already this like layer of like mystery and enigma like oh it's it's from across the pond it must be legitimate it's huge over there yeah absolutely um so yeah so this lady started talking to me and then she had this like you know trying to sell me the products and i was like i was not interested because i just bought a whole set of clarins products and i was just like nah i'm okay i don't need i don't need all these products and she's like okay that's fine but there was a a donation pot and you put in your pound and you put in your name and and you go into a prize draw and this was a this was a new one on me and i thought you know okay well fine go in the prize draw see whatever it's for a good cause you know lo and behold i got this call days after she calls me and she's like you have won a free facial what no i'm completely <laughs> shocked that's crazy you're the winner what yeah i know right <laughs> oh my god oh so you and got so, a free facial 
So I got a free facial and I, so I had her over for my free facial when she then obviously starts telling me about, well, actually, it's not really, you know, me doing a facial on you, but I'll show you the products and I'll tell you about the products. And whilst we're here, I'm going to tell you how to apply it to your face. And it makes perfect sense because if you go into one of the big department stores and you go to the counter, they'll give you a facial and they'll show you how to use the products. And and I was like, I was getting a bit sort of like, hmm, when I went and bought my Clarence, she did tell me about a lot of stuff, but she didn't let me try the products. So I didn't know how it would feel on my face. So I thought, actually, this is a really good idea because now I can try the products and it's in the comfort of my home. So yeah, why not? Makes sense. Having had that experience, just been to the shop. And actually, when I bought my Clarence, I actually had to go back to the shop to ask her to write down what product to use when, because she bought, she sold me like eight products. And I was just like, I came home and I was like, I don't know what to do. So when I had this Mary Kay lady over to me and she's like, well, it's only four products and it's really simple. You buy these products, you use these products day and night, and then you put one product in the middle that's one in the day and one in the night. She sold it just on that because I didn't have to juggle eight different products. <laughs> and it was way less than what I would, what I paid for my Clarence products, which were like 180 quid and the Mary Kay products were 99 pounds. So it was like, yeah, I'm in, win, win. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester, and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. 
not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. So I started using the products and then she did a makeup session on me. That was on the second appointment, which was also free because that was automatically built in because they have to do that. At the time, I didn't know. Now I know what, what's, what's behind the scenes. But yeah, so she got, she came in for a second and she did my color consultation and I was totally not into makeup. As you, you know, you could see me on, <laughs> I don't wear makeup. Um, I, and, and that shows again, how much it changed jumping in that I didn't wear makeup at the time. I uh, didn't have a clue about how to apply makeup. Most I maybe wore was mascara and a lippy on a, when I went out on a night out. I didn't do any of the other makeup stuff. Um, but she went through the color consultation and she wrote down a whole list of all the things that I liked and the colors that I liked. And she asked, she said, when's your birthday? And she wrote my birthday down. And it's just like, um, would you mind if I called your husband if if there was anything that you wanted to buy for your birthday? What? No, that's <laughs> weird. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that's a bit weird. But on the other hand, he never knows what he wants to buy for me. And, you know, he might just buy something if someone says, here it is. This is what your wife wants. No, that's so exactly what would happen. If someone called someone's partner and said, hi, I'm your partner's rep of this product they love. And this is what they told me they wanted. And I know their birthday's coming up 100%. Yes. There is a large chunk of partners that would go. Yeah. Okay. Sign me up for one of those. Like, yeah, exactly. And it came and all gift wrapped. And so he didn't have to do anything because it was delivered to the door. Someone called him. He didn't do, need to do anything other than hand over his money. That's it. So that's how she got me into the makeup side of it and that's sort of like and it it wasn't until a year after that so we're now moving from 2010 to 2011 when she contacts me and she says um I have uh, I have a question to ask and uh, you're you're totally fine to say no but um I wondered if you'd be interested in joining my team because I want to move up the career path and in order for me to move up the career path I need to have 28 people on my team 28 people on my team I mean she's giving away all the pyramid <laughs> secrets isn't she full transparency she's like full transparency I need 29 members in a pyramid <laughs> and you would be so good at the bottom of it yes, what do you say kind of yes yes so yeah so she needed 28 people on it that's including herself she needed to recruit 27 people and I said look I've done Tupperware I've done Jamie at home I've dabbled in party light no thanks I I know party planning doesn't work I don't want to get in a situation where I need to ask people to invite 30 people so they can have a party where 10 people show up no I'm not, I'm not I don't want to do that and she's like oh no no that's all right you you can sign up as a personal use consultant and I'm like okay so what's that mean and she's like well what you need to do is so you buy your skincare set twice a year so that's 99 pounds twice a year. So that's almost 200 pounds. You buy 
a mascara, lipstick or things like that, and you, that gets you over the £200, and that's your minimum order. Now, if you were to order that from the company as a consultant, you get 30% off. Ah, so see, like, the discount in you, the discount hunter in you is like uh-huh. 30% off, you say, what? Yeah, exactly, freebies. <laughs> and that's already joined, and when you start, you get your starter kit, and it already has your products in it. You know, if you're needing to order your products now anyway, you may as well sign up for £99 and get the starter kit and you get all these extra products that you haven't bought yet. Within the next year, it's actually technically 13 months, you only have to place one order of £200 to remain active as a consultant. But you need to place that £200 order, otherwise you'd get off the list. But this is how it became attractive because having been in Jamie at home in Tupperware, where you have either a monthly requirement or a quarterly requirement. Mary Kay was one £200 order once a year. And if you buy two lots of your skincare anyway, that is already the money that you're spending and you get 30% off. Again, win-win. I was in. I was, that was it. I was like, okay, I'll sign up. And then she goes, oh, now that you've signed up, I'm going to host your uh, launch party. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do this as a business. Why do I need a launch party? Right. You're like, wait, first red flag immediately. <laughs> What's a launch party and why do I need one? Exactly. So, and she's like, oh, no, it's just a, it's one thing that we do for all consultants. We, you know, I host a party. All you need to do is invite your friends and then they'll know that you have access to the products and you can buy the products through, that people can buy the products through you. So I was like, yeah, well, you know what, I'm, this is not going to happen because, you know, I like I said before, I'm not into this whole party thing. I don't like the whole, like, invite 30 people. Oh, no, no, we don't want 30 people. We only want a maximum of six people on the parties because you can't do a skincare party with more than five, six people because it gets too busy. Again, it was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes it easier. So I can have a party. Yeah, you can have. Well, you have one person, one or two people is a consultation. And if you've got more than two people, it's a party, right? So Okay. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Thinking back to all the Mary Kay consultations and parties that I went to and how many people were there. There's a lot of aha <laughs> moments happening for me right now. <laughs> We keep it small. We don't we don't want you to invite 30 people. We don't want to have a hall. But, but, you know, and I said, OK, well, I'll book I'll book a hall. And, I'll, and, you know, I was sort of like challenging her. And I said, you know, I'll show you that it doesn't work. So I invited 30 people to come to this hall and she would put everything on display. And that was the other option if I wanted to do like a, a presentation type launch party rather than a skincare party. She probably should have done a skincare party because that would have probably got a lot more people over the threshold as it were yeah so I I hired this hall and she put all the products out and uh, just like she did in the display at my friend's house in the dining room had all the products out I had invited probably about 30 people two people that I invited showed up one brought a friend and there just happened to be another lady in a in a room next to where we were setting up for another event and she stuck her head around and um bought the products but I walked home and I and I, I took 250 pounds in sales from four people wow I know right <laughs> and I was like okay so I got home and my husband said oh how did it go and I was like well I sold 250 pounds worth of products and he's like well that's impressive maybe this is something that you could do because you know that might actually bring in some money how much do you do you keep from it I said well 
250, I keep 30% of the sales. Um, and if the sales go over 380, I get 40%. And that's it. And I, that's how Mary Care UK works, 30% for an order of 200 to 380. Um, and if your order goes over 380, you get 40%. And every consultant gets that. It doesn't matter which level you're at. So if you're a new consultant or whether you're a seasoned director, whatever, el- elsewhere on the top, or even the executive directors get the same amount of product discount on the sales. So that, again, is where it differs from a lot of the other MLMs where you have to work your way up, recruit a team before you get any other discounts. So I started to have this feeling that Mary Kay was totally and utterly different from any other MLM because they weren't working like the other MLMs. No, to get your discount, you just have to buy more. You yeah. just buy more and you save That's more. it. That's all you got <laughs> exactly. to The more you buy, the more you save. So if you want to save a lot, you just got to buy a lot. No problem. Exactly. But it didn't go up to 50%. So we were like, there is no sort of like, so if I buy 500 pounds, I still get 40%. If I buy a thousand pounds, I still get 40%. Then I started comparing things because one of the things, of course, I had to do is teach people how to do makeup. And here's me, no makeup experience, haven't got a clue. So I went to the training at Mary Kay, Mary Kay head office, does the training on skincare. They do the training on makeup application. And I was still very suspicious of it. I was just sort of like, mm, yeah, I'm not too sure about this one. And I felt like I needed to have proper qualifications for me to actually tell people how to do their makeup. So I went and enrolled into beauty, a beauty course. Uh, first, it was makeup artistry. So I did makeup artistry course. And I was totally flabbergasted that I didn't learn a lot more than what I'd already learned from Mary Kay. So again, they were solidifying in my mind as well all I learned over and above what I learned at Mary Kay was how to do eyebrows well Mary Kay don't do eyebrows so everything else they told me exactly the same so I felt like I had spent like a thousand pounds on a course that was only showing me how to do eyebrow shaping and tinting and that's it yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because beauty school or like beauty courses for educational, it, it literally is like the bare bones. They don't really teach you anything artistic or editorial. It is like the bare bones. And then you basically are supposed to get secondary education outside and, and sort of find your niche. Yeah. So and, and in my mind, and I actually went back to Mary Kay head office and I said, well, if these people can sell me a course and teach me this and teach me the same thing as you teach me. Why can't I get a qualification from you? Why did I just have to spend a thousand pounds when you tell me exactly the same? Why don't you get your courses qualifying? Because they can sign up to the qualifying, the exam boards and actually give out proper certification because they're selling you exactly the same, even to the point of hygiene, everything, everything was done exactly as I learned in this beauty course so I was just completely like you know well clearly they know what they know their stuff and they know what they're doing but it's that and then I started researching as well because through the course I was given some links to where to go to for supplies and things like that and how to get your beauty products and and I compared and I compared to things like Elemis, I compared to Declior, um, so the big, big salon brands. And when you go to the big salon brands, they have a system where you buy 200 pounds products, you 250 pounds 
worth of products, you get 30% discount. If you buy £500 worth of products, you get 40% discount. I'm like, hmm, very much like Mary Kay. Maybe they are really the wholesalers that they say they are. Ah, so you're encountering legitimate things that Mary Kay is sort of copying. And in your mind, you're like, this legitimizes Mary Kay even more because they're doing it just like the professional brands. Absolutely. I see. Yeah, absolutely. It totally legitimized it for me. And it was it was sort of like, okay, so, well, I'm signed up with them now anyway, so I may as well just carry on with this because, you know, the only thing I was a bit miffed about was that the makeup side was quite expensive. So, like, the eye colors are, like, they were, like, seven pounds for one color. And it was just like, that's just ridiculous. And I never, hardly ever sold any of them. It was just like, I have all, I had, because I finally got rid of everything. <laughs> I had a whole box full of eye colors because they gave them away as freebies. And that was one of the things I started to see through as well. Because of course, when you place orders and you put an order in a 500 pound, you get free products if you put an order. So they're encouraging you to put in a higher price order. So you get free products like bags and you know you get oh if you buy this set you get a free beauty bag with it and you can sell it on to your customers but you can also use it yourself but yes so there's a lot of incentivizing also there's the every quarter there's new products coming out as a consultant because you don't have any demo products you have to buy them so so we get into the territory of inventory loading and inventory buying because one of the things they say okay so if you have your your one you need to have your demo product you can't sell a product without being able to show it to a customer or even for you to try it yourself because you need to be able to experience it so you need to become the product of the product as we all know the, the standards but one of the things they they then also tell you is that um you know when you've got people coming to these parties uh wouldn't it be nice if you could just if they could buy the products right then and there and you could deliver them right then and there and after all, you've only got five, six, maybe eight maximum at a party, but we try to keep it down to six maximum. But then you need to buy in six of each. So you need to buy six normal to dry skin, six combination to oily skin, which you need to have in your inventory at all time. Because if you go to a party and you you don't know what type of person you're going to come up with, you don't know whether they're going to be normal to dry or, or, or combination oily skin. So you have to have that in stock. And I was sort of like, you know, I can do it four maybe because there'll probably be like, you know, two people that are the same. So I was sort of like trying to keep it on the low, but you still need to buy in four of each, but ideally six of each. Then you have to add in all the extra bits. So that's just a basic skincare set, what they call the miracle set. So that's the four products that are consisting of the miracle set. That's the £99 starter pack, as it were. And then you have to get your additional products. So if you're trying to sell them on to what they call supplements, so what they're doing now is the collagen stuff and, you know, all the extra bits, the, the scrubs, the extra products that you use over and above your normal cleanser and moisturizer and your eye creams, basically. So anything over and above that, if you want to add in more, you have to have at least one of each in stock. Just like on can't... the off chance that everybody at your party decides that they're going to sell you out, that you have to have it. But like, 
isn't that the reason you guys have personalized websites? And isn't that the reason that there's order forms and catalogs so that people can like try it and go, I like this and then order it? Is Mary Kay's shipping department so far behind that you're not getting your product within a couple of days of ordering it anyway? And who can't wait a couple of days for mascara? Like, I just, I don't understand the urgency of like convincing women to have Mary Kay stores in their houses. And I understand like the irony of me saying this because I had a LuLaRoe store. I get that. But it's like, I'm on the other side of it now, you know? And like seeing this and being like, how did they convince us to do this so easily? We're like, oh yeah, sure. Here's my credit card. Where do I sign up? Like there was no questioning it. It was like, yes, here you go. Yeah, but you can't sell from an empty wagon. (laughs) And And the... And and the online store, the online store in the UK doesn't do direct ship to customer. Oh, so they send it to you and then you have to ship it out. Yeah. To discourage you from sending people to the website. That's the literal only reason they would do that is to discourage you from using the tools they have in place to make your life easier. Like it makes zero sense. No, because they don't want to be dealing with small orders of £30 and they just want the real customer, i.e. the consultants, to place that 200 No, actually, they'll place the £380 order because then they get the 40% discount. So it's all about volume. It's all about selling as much as possible and trying to get people to, as they did me, encourage them to sign up as customers because then you get your 30% discount on the product that you already buy. And then you add another layer to your pyramid. I hope there are like regulators (laughs) listening to this episode and going, you know what? You guys are right, actually, because this is insidious. This is all done intentionally. And if anybody can come and tell me that it's not done intentionally, I'd be unbelievably surprised to see that kind of proof because there's no other logical reason for any of these things and any of these hoops to jump through other than they just want you, the customer, the real customer to buy everything. These big 500 plus orders and they just, it's so obvious once we break it down. And I really hope there are people listening and going, oh crap. Yeah. And and that's how you get people like, you know, we see a lot of ladies from Avon and Body Shop on the social media platforms on the on the buying and selling sites all saying like i've got all these products in stock come and buy them now well the reason they have them in stock is because they have a minimum order requirement even companies like tropic skincare that say they don't have any targets even on their website if you were to go on tropic skincare's website and you go there and you want to place an order as a normal customer not even as a consultant they, they lure you in with uh, get your free shipping if you place an order over £30. It's all about creating that sales volume. And they are hiding behind these products. They're hiding behind the selling of these products because none of them have any evidence of how much products they've actually sold. And that's the other thing is then they have this incentive like you want to join the £1,000 club this month because you get a freebie. So they're encouraging people to place, it's cumulative, £1,000 in a month, and then you get a freebie. And it was, I think it was at one point, the freebie was so ridiculous, and it was like a product that cost maybe £10 as a consultant. And I thought, why on earth would I want to place an order 
for a thousand pounds to get a ten pound product as a freebie. It was ridiculous. It's so wild what we'll do for free shit. <laughs> yeah. And and then they have this whole like, oh, well, if you bought it, you know, obviously you've got your queen of sales and you've got your queen of sharing. And that's all about, you know, you get these rewards for placing orders with the company. Queen of sales has nothing to do with sales. It's more like queen of purchasing. Wow. That is like, it is, wow. Yeah. And then we haven't even touched the other cultish side of it, where Mary Kay is demanding that you wear skirts, business business dress. Um, you have to wear tights. They have changed the rules slightly before I left. They changed it that you could wear a business suit, but it had to be business trousers and not leggings. You had to wear closed toe shoes, no open toe shoes. I mean, and then you had the jackets and the pins and everything else. And you think it, it, it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. And I went along with that. I have photos of me with my red jacket that I had to buy from the company because I didn't make the requirement for the recruitment. You had to have so many people recruited, but they all have to be active at the same time for you to get your red jacket for free. And otherwise you could buy your red jacket because you've got the status, but you just didn't earn your red jacket for free. That separate but equal stuff happens so much in MLM. It was something that I noticed all the time in LuLaRoe, that separate but equal. Like on the outside, I'm sure the red jackets are exactly the same, right? So anybody on the outside would not be able to tell at all other than you're a red jacket, she's a red jacket, she has a red jacket. But internally, you know, and you know you didn't quote unquote earn that jacket, you had to buy it. So you already have a little bit of shame. And anytime it comes up in any conversation about those that earn versus buy that jacket, you will always feel that little bit of shame. And it is just another way that you are controlled, held down and kept in place. Road did that all the time too. And I know there are other MLMs that do it as well on the outside to anybody who is not privy to the information of the insidious cult-like nature, you look the same. But to anybody who has that inside information, you are not the same. Exactly. And you buy the red jacket because you have to fake it until you make it. Right. Which goes right into fake it until you make it culture. Absolutely. And, and that's the same with all the pins. And you go for every single opportunity to, you know, your director challenges you to do your 30 faces in 30 days or to get your 100 no's ticked off of your list. Because at the end of that, if you've done it and you've done the best, you get a little accolade and you get another pin to go onto your onto your jacket to show how good you are in your business. I even had a pin that says i'm a wannabe what? the self-awareness nick wasn't even there no you're literally walking around with a pin that's like i'm a wannabe and everyone's like mm-hmm, we know you paid for that jacket I know, right? would have these pins for the events so they would always have this like enamel four pin set of like collector's pins and you could only get it like at that event or at that like that time or whatever it was right the season and so then people would wear those pins on their, um, on our name tags. We have like a little ribbon or whatever. You'd put your pins so people could see like how serious you were because you don't, 
you you not only have this year's cruise pins, but you have last year's cruise pins and you have like two conventions pins and you have a leadership pin. And it absolutely was this uh, silent dog whistle for anybody who was paying attention to the cult aspect inside. Like oh, she's got the watch and the pins and the this and the ladder to success and the pearls of whatever the hell Mary Kay has. Like all of it, they're all trinkets that to anybody on the outside is like, oh, what a cute little thing. But to anybody on the inside, they are dog whistles and they're clues and they're, and they're little like trinkets to earn. And they're on, it's an honor to have it. They're a status symbol. They tell you that this person is, is really good at what she's doing and you need to follow this person. I got made Misco gift for our regional area twice. And that is like the most prestigious award that is better than your queen of sales or your queen of sharing, which is all about recruiting. Misco gift is like the Mary Kay Ash price for someone who gives to everyone. And that was what I was doing. I was helping everyone, every single person that was, you know, if they had any IT problems, I was, they, they came to me because I knew exactly how to solve all their IT problems. If they had anything, like if there was anything coming out that I saw coming from America about, you know, new stuff that they could share on social media, I was there. I was sharing it with everyone in the unit, everyone in the, in, not even in my, in the unit that I was in, but also with other units within the regional area so I was being crowned literally I have tiaras to prove it <laughs> I was crowned Ms. Go Gif I even got and I know this one is a, this one is someone that people know Gloria Mayfield Banks gave me my last Go Gif award on stage oh, wow yeah I mean it is they're status symbols absolutely yeah and and to be given that by someone like, you know, Gloria Mayfield Banks, she's like the number one in the world. She's like a Mary Kay multimillionaire. And it gives you a couple things, right? You, you're on stage, you're being recognized by like the top person. So right now, boom, dopamine hit, massive. Oh my God, I'm so important. Everyone is looking at me right now. It's a huge ego boost. And we already know being an MLM really brings that ego out. It's one of the things that drives us. It, it's very strange how ego just shows up. Uh, so you're up on that stage. You're filled with dopamine. It's a lot of na 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 boo boo to everyone <laughs> down in the audience. And everyone down in the audience who isn't feeling that na 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 boo boo is going, that's going to be me next year. And it's lighting this fire underneath them. And they, it's not going to be them next year. There's only one or whatever, but they're like, I'm going to be that. I'm going to fight for it. And it's that like, again, it's that cycle. It starts all over again. And this, this, these people just spending money they don't have to get accolades no one else cares about, except for this very small niche of women and men. Yeah. No one gets it. No one gets it. And the funny thing is, and that's the other thing I, I think would be really important to touch on having gone to the conferences and finding that the majority of Mary Kay UK has massive, massive units of either all black women or all Polish or Eastern European women. And having had these conversations where, you know, they, they taught and, and Mary Kay does have that faith background I mean, the first thing you learn, God first, family second, career third, God first. And they changed it. They changed it to faith first. 
because not every faith subscribes to God. And so they changed it to faith first, family second, career third. So it's more inclusive, but it's still targeting people in religious groups. And also people that were, and I was talking to a lady who was, who's a quite high up director. um, And I said, so how come you get all these ladies from Eastern Europe signing up under you? Hardly any of them speak English. And I thought, how does that work? And she said, well, I speak their language. So I address them in their language. And they sign up because when they come here, and and I must say this was prior to Brexit, because probably a lot of them have already left again, but they would come here, they would be encouraged to come here because Britain was the the land of opportunity for Eastern Europeans. So they would come here, the husband would get a job, but in their culture, the woman doesn't have a job she stays at home looks after the children but she also needs a community so a lot of these people end up living in the same area um they speak the same language so they they communicate amongst each other with in their own language but they don't get the incentive to learn english as fast as someone who's actually going into the workplace so they tend to stay within their own circles they all want to do something. They all want to seem to be doing something because that's the culture in the UK. Women work, but that's not their culture. So she said, so what I do is give them that culture that they can be someone, but inside their house, from from, from inside their house, they don't have to actually go out and find a job. And so she's promising them a career and an identity. And that's how she gets all these people in. She joined way after I joined. And then all of a sudden had like this massive unit under her, like 50 to 100 people in her unit. And the units are small compared to America. It's just tiny. America, UK is, you know, when when I ever went to uh, conferences, there would have been maybe 500 people at most. But the majority of them were, I mean, at least half, if not more, were black people from Nigeria, Zimbabwe. Most of them were from that area. Jamaicans, a lot of them as well. And they would be, um, so I have a friend who's from Zimbabwe, and she says, she, she explained to me how it works. She says they come into the church and they recruit within the church. And that's what they do. That's what I was going to say. It sounds very much like faith manipulation. Yeah. Um, we see this in true crime with murderers and things, people leaving one life behind and coming to a new one. Oftentimes they go to a church specifically because nine times out of 10, the people in the church are very loving, forgiving, community-driven people who all believe the same thing. At least they believe that they do. Uh, and so it's very, very easy to come in and to almost use that flock as your uh, feeding grounds and to be able to just prey upon these people who are coming to this institution saying, I'm a Christian, Catholic, Jewish, whatever the faith. And so are you, please help me. And then these people are like, oh, I also speak your language and I can help you. Here's my link to join. And it's so troubling, which is another reason why I'm so happy that we do have other anti-MLM advocates in other countries educating in those native languages and so that we can to get this movement moving even more. But here was, I, I don't know of any Eastern European speaking advocates that are speaking on this or anybody that even knows these language to translate, to reach these people who are being targeted through their churches and through their communities with affinity fraud as well. It's so sad. And to come in and to do that under the guise of helping under the guise of, I just want to welcome you to the community. Uh, the same with like 
with the Mormon culture, it's like the mother stays home and is the homemaker and, and the, uh, raises the children and teaches the children. It's the same. It's the same. And it's cultural. It's more cultural than religious, but it's the same exact thing. And they're doing it to these people as well. Yeah. And it's exactly the same reason why I joined. I was a stay at home mom at that point and I lost my identity. I didn't know what my identity was as a mom. I didn't have a job. I didn't have friends because all my friends, because I moved from another country into the UK, all my friends were people that were my colleagues. And of course, because I didn't have the job anymore, I didn't have friends. So what was the final star for you that you decided, hey, MLMs are a joke and I'm done with all of this stuff? (laughs) Oh, well, the funny thing is the job that got me here to the UK was working for JD Edwards, the software company. A couple of years ago, Mary Kay decided to switch the UK over to JD Edwards. And so I know exactly how the software works. I was especially in the distribution and warehousing because that was my specialty. I came from a distribution background. I did the implementations and the customer support of the distribution software. So I know exactly how the software works. I think it was December, January, 2020, 2021. We had, there were so many issues with shipping and they had, oh, there was a, a launch of new lip glosses that came out in December, but they didn't come out in December for all consultants, but they were trying to push them in December and we had to take pre-orders. And as soon as it was released in January, we could place our orders and then we could fulfill all our orders. So it was a lot of FOMO created about this and also towards the the customer saying, you know, you know, you, you love your fancy Nancy is now being reproduced into a new formula and it's much better and and blah 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 so they promised us that we would have them in January then in January on the first of the month it gets released to directors only so again they're creating that you know if you're not a director you can't get first dibs so everyone is already on that wagon to try and become a director because then you have first dips at all the products. They were promoting all the products in, in December and then in January on the 16th, it gets released to all the consultants. Now, there was so much commotion about this whole launch of these new products, these new lip glosses that in, in December and in January, when the release came out, a lot of them went already into out of stock straight away. I went in on the 16th to place my order. I had pre-orders. I had wanted to place my order at about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. They were all sold out. And I said, well, how on earth have you not anticipated that you would get a run on these products because you're discontinuing the old lip glosses and you're going to have every single consultant ordering these lip glosses because they need to replace all the demo products. You know how many consultants you've got. You know how many products you've ordered in because you have predicted with your software how much you need to get in for November. So you get it delivered for January. So you get it in your warehouse processing January delivery. It's gone into the, into the warehouse in November because you know how that's how warehousing works because it goes, it comes in. It needs to be logged into the, into the computer before it gets released. So when they know how much they have in stock and they know how many consultants they have, they should have known right then and there that they should put a limit on the orders that every consultant can order one of each 
or maybe two of each or whatever limit, they can limit that. And I know exactly that that's how the software works. They then said, oh, we didn't know how many consultants we would have. And, oh, we didn't know that how much we got in. Well, no, they had recruited more consultants. Then there was this, and this is probably where my director went a bit wrong. She went to leadership. This was around the same time. Leadership was online due to COVID. And she then shared the screenshot about the growth, the amazing growth of the company during 2020 compared to 2019. Bearing in mind, COVID pandemic, they had 170% consultants compared from 2019 to 2020. So almost doubled, 70% more consultants than they had in 2019. So they'd done a massive recruiting drive. Then they said something about, so we have 70% more consultants. We have so many more red jackets. We have so many more this, that, and the other, so many more directors, so many more directors in qualification. There was a list of like nine different items that they were saying how much they had improved. One of these items, one out of nine was about sales. And the sales had increased by 50%. And that's when my clock went in, like, hang on, you've got 70% more consultants and you've only got 50% more sales. That means you've lose, you're losing out because every single consultant needs to place that minimum £200 order to get activated. And that's when I started digging around and the lies they were telling me about the system. And I came across Monica Hayworth's videos because obviously she was a Mary Kay consultant and I actually contacted her and I said look I want out but how do I do this and she helped me behind the scenes and said do not say anything to your director do not say anything to your director get your 90% money back for la- for for anything you bought in the last 12 months because that's within the pro within the contract um so I packed up everything I printed off my list of what I bought in the last 12 months packed up everything sent it off to Mary Kay well they actually sent me a list of what I was allowed to send back (laughs) and uh, yeah they know that exactly but they don't know anything else no, they don't know how much they've sold. They don't know how many, but they know how many consultants they have and they don't know how many consultants are likely going to buy the lip glosses. So that's when I really was sort of like, you know, you're telling lies, you're telling porkies. I don't believe this and I'm out. And so I got my 90%. Well, I didn't get all of it back. They initially shortchanged me by about 500 pounds. Uh, and I wrote to them and I said, look, you haven't given me all the money back. And then they send me another like 120 quid. So they technically still owe me money. Wow. Um, but yeah. I like how you're like, hey, Mary Kay, you actually messed up. You told me this. I've went through it, but you actually messed up and you still owe me this. And they sent you a check for less than what they owed you. And they're like, this should cover it. And you're like, uh, like they decided how much they were going to give you back of what they actually owed you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's totally allowed. Like, that's allowed. They can that's, do that. Yes, totally legit. I mean, any business would do that. You would get in trouble. That If you go to any shop, if you go to Walmarts or any shop that you say, I'm returning my products, can I have my... The fact that they only have to pay back 90% is ridiculous in the first place. Why only get 100% back? I'm sending my products back. I didn't sell them. 
why can't I get 100% of what I paid for them? If I go and buy something at Boots and I don't like it and I take it back to them, I get 100% of my money back. And not they are going like, lick a finger, where does the wind blow? Oh, I'm going to give you 75% back. That's just not how it happens. <laughs> right? Like refunds are not like a negotiation process. <laughs> We're like, I have $1,000 worth of refunds. They're like, mm if it helps you out, I can give you 600. You're like, no. I know. And it, and it just shows how crooked, how these companies are. They're, they're racketeering. That's what they're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are like totally illegal Ponzi schemes, rackets, like the mob, all of it. Yet for some reason, it's okay. I, yeah. I, I haven't been able to figure out which exact reason other than paying the government off is the reason why it's okay. The thing is, I've been digging and digging and digging. I mean, you know, we have Tropic Skincare is run by Lord Sugar. You know, the guy who runs, who does um, The Apprentice in the UK and in Australia. What? Yeah. Lord Alan Sugar is half owner of Tropic Skincare. He is a lord. He sits in the House of Lords in the UK. That's like Congress in the US. He owns half of an MLM. It's just wild to me that that like, ugh. I mean, I'm not surprised like at all, but let's do some rapid fire questions okay, cool. and see how you feel about a couple things. Okay. All right, Nick, what is one word that encompasses how you feel about MLMs? Racketeering. What is a warning to somebody who is like, I think I want to join one of these. What would you say? Don't do it. Just don't. Just don't get into it. Just walk the other way. Go find a job at Tesco's. McDonald's pays you more an hour. Honestly, don't do it. It's true. McDonald's does pay more an hour. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Oh, that's a tricky one. I so want to say Mary Kay, but I have learned so much about Amway. Yeah, Amway, I think, is my worst because they're the ones who instigated it. And they got the laws changed. They've got their their pies in politics and they they just like, yeah, they run the whole show, really. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. Like, absolutely. Um, What is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM? The hardest is... I suppose not to trust everything at face value. That's a tough when lesson to learn. Yes. When it's, when it's, when something is go too good to be true, dig deeper because there's likely to be something under the skin that doesn't add up. Absolutely. And then a positive takeaway from your time in MLM. I met all you guys. <laughs> right. That's always a positive. <laughs> I know, but I wouldn't have met any of you guys, any of the anti-MLM community. I wouldn't have met any of the great friends that I've made if it wasn't for the MLMs. And to be fair, I haven't heard much from a lot of the people that I thought were my friends whilst I was in MLMs. And this feels so much more authentic. It feels so much more like I can be myself. I don't have to pretend to be this lady that does makeup. Because I don't wear makeup. <laughs> right? Like, I feel like interactions are a lot more authentic. And when I get messages from people, I know it's because they're not, like, trying to sell me a, a bottle of pills, like, the day before the end of the month. And I, I know, know it's, right? like, just a genuine interaction of, like, asking me how I am or asking for help for something. And it's, it's just, it's it's taking a lot of anxiety out yeah. of my inbox as well. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that, and not having to constantly run around like a headless chicken and, and sitting on social media 24-7 because someone might want to buy something for you. Uh, or, you know, you have to put your... um you know, your daily goals in because you need to do your income producing activities and you need to be seen to be doing that every day for, I don't know what, I saw a post today on, on the group about how MLMs were telling people how to put their profile onto social media. And it's like, it's social media, it's private, it's not about your MLM. You know, they had to put themselves on the profile, not their kids. And things like, um, you know, set a timer for 10 minutes to to spend time with your kids so you don't have to feel guilty. Oh, my God. Spending... It's giving the same energy of like the 1980s when there was those PSAs that were like, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your kids are? <laughs> like... <laughs> It was it was to actually spend 10 minutes of quality time, quality time with your kids. So you didn't feel guilty that the rest of the time you're spending on the MLM. And it should be the other flipping way around. Like I said in my comments, I said, you know, they they lure you in like you can do this in the pockets of your time in between your chores and your children. But they're actually saying it's the bait and switch, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's every it's in every MLM. (laughs) Deanne used to tell us that what we should do is shut the door to our office to work, tell our children to like write what the problem is and slide it under the door. And if we feel like it's a good enough problem, like we'll come out and handle it. And I was like, that seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that's not parenting. And that's why I said that's not quality time with your kids. If you need to set the timer for 10 minutes, 10 minutes, how much quality time can you put in 10 minutes with your kids? And that's one of the biggest regrets I have is that I haven't spent a lot more time with my kids whilst I was in this M&Ms. And considering I started pretty much when my son was born and he's 16 now and I was 10 years in Mary Kay, that it's 15 years of, of his life, but also 15 years of my life that I'll never get back and that he's never going to get to spend with his mom. Yeah. And, you know, there were definitely times where I neglected my children. And so even now, like I try to work in the salon when my kids are at school and I try to do batch recording when my daughter's with her dad so that when she's with me, we can do things. I mean, do I take interviews and record when she's around? Sure too. Yeah, of course. But the majority of the work that I am putting in is when I am not with her so that when we are together, we can do the really fun quality stuff. And I've told her, I said, it's not about quantity with you for me. It's about having quality time. And I would rather have two hours of quality time than 24 of nothing, like of just quantity. So like, yeah, absolutely. And I think in, in MLM, like we lost of that there's a lot of parents that lost sight of that and i'm still learning and growing and getting back that um so that we can have quality time and and thank you for bringing that up because it was literally something that abby and i had a conversation about like two days ago she's like you know you can do podcast interviews when i'm around and i was like yeah i know but and we had this conversation yeah it's it's weird how things come up and yeah all sort of full circle but i agree with you and thank you so much nick for taking i know you're in the uk so you're several hours ahead but we did find a time for both of us to speak and talk where neither of us are like exhausted and tired. So it worked out. I, know. And I really yeah. appreciate that we were able I to know. do that. 
it's dark here now. <laughs> we started when it was still light. <laughs> and it's lunchtime here now. So I'm going to go get a snack. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nick. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. <laughs>